I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit, a rocking RPG podcast. Strap in and enjoy the ride. Okay, just going to try and get a quick show together for you folks. I'm on the road. I'm going to try and answer some call-ins that I've had from... Barney of Loco Ludus and Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Big thanks to those guys for contributing to the ongoing discussion. That is an anchor podcast. Super busy. I've got my head all over the place with teacher training. And uh, I've come to the point I've had to stop. I was going to launch... Well, I did a session zero for my Black Hat game and almost instantly realised that that was not going to be a sustainable idea and instead we've launched into a awesome d6 west end d6 star wars game run by arfed dm ricky's taking a seat for a while and we're just going to play star wars every week i have got a quarren uh, tongue-tied engineer with a little R5 droid. Uh, We played our first session last night. Uh, The session zero was the week before, and I have to report immense fun was had by all. I will give you further updates as we go along, but for now, let's get to our first call-in from Barney. Hi Colin, it's Barney. I've been meaning to leave a message for a while, but the thoughts have slipped slipped by and I can no longer really remember what they were until uh, then I heard your latest episode and a couple of things occurred to me. You, you, you say that uh, you've realised that Wizards of the Coast, a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, is, is setting and that you're that you're stripping that out and all of that but it strikes me that they don't really have much else you know they've got the OGL or whatever and people are producing uh, you know games using their me- mechanisms their system right left and center and all that Watsi have are their, um, you know, trad, well-honed IPs. So it doesn't surprise me that they're going back to Laven, Lavenhoft, Ravencroft again. It's tried and tested. You know, uh, if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm also interested in two kind of opposing trajectories that are going on in your process, and I think I think it's very interesting. So, 
on the one hand, you're you're proposing that you're working through the rules, a new, afresh, taking things out, developing something, getting from the state that 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 you're at now to somewhere else, and you're and you're whittling away at those core rules of of D&D. But at the same time, you're laying stress on the fact that you know it pretty well, that you're you're in there, you're in the zone with D&D. So my, my, my question, my point of interest, what I want to know more about is how how the spike hack reflects the way that you do play D&D, the way that you have played D&D, the things that you have historically brought to the table, tried and tested in your own groups, and what what is kind of new in this process, what you're confronting that you haven't before what you're seeing that you haven't before. And I know you've talked about that a little bit, but in any case, there you go. Well, thank you for your interest there, Mr. Ludos. Barney, Barney, Barney. You cannot, surely, you cannot be surprised that Conflicted Colin is working on two opposed or counter trajectories. (laughs) That's just, that's just how I roll. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it can get frustrating at times. Um, how do I answer this question? I guess what you're saying is, with one hand I'm taking away, and with the other I giveth. Um, at least I think that's what you're saying. And if that is the case, yes, yes. So the spike hack. Well. It is, this is a working title of something that is really, it's, it's a project, but it's not something that um, I really claim to be a, a new thing. It, it's just really what it says on the tin. It's me hacking them near 5e rules, just taking out the stuff that we haven't really engaged with in play. That's that's basically the gist of it. To produce a document that I can use basically to, to replace all the other references that I refer to when I'm playing the game. It's a kind of a, a streamlining with a bit of house ruling worked into it and I guess the only reason I'm talking about it is because I think quite a few of the the rules of fifth edition get get missed or sort of assumed especially by people that played earlier versions in particular I think like uh, third edition and and 3.5 and perhaps fourth edition to a certain extent 
and I, I, I do believe that the fifth edition is a much more of a, a renaissance of some of the older ideas that you find in early editions. So I'm I'm looking to just draw attention to that a little bit, particularly in some of the the choices that I make, such as the uh, replacing skill proficiency rules with the optional ability proficiency rules that come from uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide and are the subject of our next calling from Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Hey Colin, Jason here. Just listened to the new podcast you dropped. I don't know if it's patron only or not. I, but anyhow, you you played the BJ's call, my call. And you, you read about some alternate rules in the DMG. And I think if somebody likes 5e... It's good that it, it is such a toolbox and that Wizards has put all those alternate and optional rules in there so people can pick and choose how they want to, you know, run that system. So I think that's all good stuff, and I'm glad those options are in there. But I would also say the section you read emphasizes the difference between old school and new school because one of those main separators, according to Matt Finch, is rulings, not rules. And, the, and, what, and those optional things you read emphasize rules over rulings. Let me explain. So I'm in the car, so I apologize. But the, the one section, I think, where I was just take the skills out and just roll under the tributes, it talked about how if you did that option, characters are, and I'm paraphrasing, characters are likely to be you know, more like each other because you can't have a character that's better persuade than intimidate. And, and and that's just junk. I mean, you don't need rules to role play. If you want to role play your characters more per- persuasive than intimidating, you can do that. And it doesn't require a rule. And that's the problem. 5e is trying to codify these things with rules, like hard mechanical rules, where your older games don't and the older games, well, not all older I'm generalizing, I shouldn't be, but the idea with the OSR rulings, not rules, is you, you just go with it, and, and you role-play it. You don't need a mechanical rule for it. Now, let me clarify, I'm not saying that rulings over rules is better. I'm not saying that the old version is better than the new version. It depends what your group likes. If your group likes to have rules for these, and your group feels that it's you can't differentiate between percept or persuasion and intimidate without a mechanical rule, then your group should be using the 5e stuff and these optional rules, and that's 100% okay. There's nothing wrong with that, and maybe it a you know maybe there are places for that. That's not my preferred style, but that does not mean it's a bad style. So I'm not putting 5e down here, but I think just the fact that they sit there and, and are pushing mechanical rules over rulings shows the difference between the old school and the new school. Which, again, is they're just styles of play, and neither one's right or wrong, and I think both can be equally fun. So, again, I look forward to as you explore and put together your system and, you, you know, your 5e hack, and I look forward to hearing that and, and seeing how it comes together. 
So take care of yourself. I know you're busy these days. Make sure you're taking a little bit of time out for yourself and your family. And, you know, we'll talk to you soon. Just to be clear, Jason is referring to the following paragraph that I'm going to read. It's from page 264 of the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons Dungeon Master's Guide. This option removes skills from the game and doesn't allow for much distinction among characters. For example, a character can't choose to emphasise persuasion or intimidation. He or she is equally adept at both. So it is a strangely worded paragraph. I would agree there. I don't think it's really preventing anything uh, but the the implication of the idea that you're somehow you've somehow got these sort of cookie cutter characters or be aware that you you may end up with cookie cutter characters if you use this ability proficiency variant uh, I, I think it's a strange one. It's um, it's. I, I think. I think what they're they're maybe doing is they're they're anticipating that criticism from players that like all the options and they're sort of they're kind of heading it off, trying to head it off at the past at the pass by bringing it up themselves if you like I'm not sure it, it, it is a strange one but it it doesn't it, it's 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 true insofar as you've got persuasion and intimidation they're both charisma based skills and if you take skills out of the same if you take skills out of the game both of those aspects of charisma would have the same um, quantifiable stat. In this case, your charisma score with your, your bonus, if you're proficient in charisma, you get that plus two proficiency bonus. Uh, I... I just like the system. I'm I'm not really worried about that paragraph. But but totally a, a, a away from the point of Jason's calling, but something that he mentions that kind of got my mind going is this this concept of somehow older school rules uh, systems, in particular, say we're talking about D and D. This idea, this mantra that you hear: rulings, not rules. As Jason quite rightly points out, this is something that's brought up by Matt Finch, and it's constantly, constantly mentioned. And I wonder where the justification for that idea is coming from. I can see it in OD&D, uh, the little brown books. But 
and, and to some extent BX but I would say in particular AD&D uh, AD&D 2nd edition and areas of BX do have quite a few rules there's, there's quite a lot of stuff procedures die rolls and, and, and the type of thing that you would associate with rules so this idea of rulings not rules is uh, a bit strange I say it's a bit strange now the OSR primer from Matt Finch compares 3rd edition era D&D against earlier versions and I think if, if that's going to be the kind of the regularly quoted comparison I would suggest that it's really a little bit out of date now in fact it's quite a lot out of date because because of what I was saying closer to the beginning of the show is the fact that I think they've you know they've wound wound D&D back a bit in terms of design they, 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 they've reintroduced a good amount of the feel of the older game into the latest edition so I, I don't I don't find Matt Finch's ideas in this regard as clear and perhaps helpful as they were at one time especially as people often talk about his YouTube video as if it's the same as the 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 primer document that he did and the two are actually quite different and I've said plenty of times before and I don't suppose this will be the last I think his video presentation was much more helpful and enlightening especially to the the newer gamer than than the the document which was uh, I, I think a bit of a strange beast anyway cheers for the call in Jason and perhaps people might want to talk a little bit more about that rulings not rules idea it's a, a, a well worn trail I know but that doesn't make it any less relevant and that as they say is a wrap big thanks goes out to you the listener for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to old spike pit take care and i'll catch you later